I know it's difficult at times and, and uh, when it's this cold, but, you know, when it's cold like this, do you quit eating? I don't know. When it's cold, do you, do you stop eating? When it's cold, you stop fishing. I knew I'd get a smart girl. Well, when it's cold, should we quit feeding our spirits or worshiping God? No. Um, we can really make it to Walmart, but sometimes it's difficult to get to church. I can't stress to you enough this year the importance of being in church every time the doors are open. When I was younger, I used to get, I'd leave after services when people wouldn't show up and I'd just be mad. I'd kick and I'd just have a fit. Now that I'm older and maybe a little bit wiser, maybe a little bit, I don't kick, but I still get frustrated. And I really have a sense to tell you, you know, as a shepherd, it's my job and my responsibility to guard the sheep protect the sheep, and we're sure trying to do that, as as you can tell, but it's to feed the sheep, and I can't feed you if you're not here, and uh, I realize, you know, when we get older, and I've noticed some of the folks that started with us when Kathy and I were young are now older, (laughs) we're all older, but, uh, you know, they, I remember starting the Bible where they carried somebody on a stretcher to the house of God. Nothing would keep somebody from coming to where they could experience the presence and the touch of God. And so we have to have a mindset in these days ahead and make sure our spiritual priorities are right. Amen. Isaiah 43, chapter 18. We started last year on the... A series, and, and we'll get back into it, about seeking God. We're not done with that. But then, as I was praying on New Year's Day, the Lord spoke to me this scripture. The Spirit of God spoke to me at my heart in Isaiah 43 and verse 19. It says, Behold, I will do a, a new thing. How many of you want a new thing? Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Not tomorrow. Now. Everyone say now. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That means there's there's nothing that's too difficult for God to get to you, reach you, minister to you, and bless you. He's a God that wants to do new things, and I firmly believe, and before I forget, there's uh, Dr. Mark Barclay's prophecy preview for 2016 out there, if you didn't get it, and then there's a wonderful word from uh, Prophet Hank Kuhneman that's very encouraging about this year, and so I, I, I know all things are going on around us in the world, and the wars, and rumors of wars, and earthquakes, and you know the climate change, and all the political upheaval. But God's still God. He's still on the throne. And we got to make sure our eyes are on him. The author and the finisher. If he started it, he'll finish it his way. And so remember that. And, and uh, 
But I want you to know that God promises to do new things in your life and my life in this church, and I firmly believe that God is going to do new things this year in this church. And we already talked about that, and I'm going to go over it and over it and over it, but we need to realize that you and I as believers have a responsibility. This is God will do a new thing. He'll pour out a fresh anointing. He'll expand our sphere of influence in the community. But we as believers at Harvest Church still have responsibility. And that's what we want to share with you. Our responsibility is to make changes. Everyone say change. How many of you like to change? Two, Two children over here like to change. As you get older, you don't like to change. You like this. We're all creatures of habit. But we need to make changes, especially in the way we think. The way we think towards our Creator, our God, the way we think towards other people in the body of Christ or in the world, and the way we, we need to think towards ourselves. Amen? Now, I, I got to thinking about this. And I was sitting at my desk this week and, and, and I was reading about persecution and about the enemy. And I got to thinking about how the enemy, when we first started in ministry, Kathy and I, we could tell you all kinds of horror stories. Things that happened. And a lot of those things that happened outside happened outside of our physical body. In other words, we were dealing with people coming against us. And not only people in the world, but other ministers and other spiritual leaders. And and it was a tough time, a confusing time, a perplexing time. And then, you know, you get through that and, and uh, you see peace after a while, you, you know, and the, the waters are still again and they're not troubled. And then pretty soon something else will happen as far as an attack from the enemy. But I have noticed and I came to this conclusion, the attack that I'm dealing with now, more than ever before in my ministry, and it's not other people. It's not... You know, other ministers, it's not the world. You want to know what it is? It's my thoughts. It's the way I think. I've had more attacks in my thought life the last few years than I ever had of all my ministry. And I just I just came to that conclusion... Thoughts, just thoughts. And where do these thoughts come from? How does the enemy work? It's the battlefield of the mind. I found, you know, thoughts about, you know, me dying prematurely, losing ministry, marriage, kids, Squirrely thoughts. Now you're all looking at me like. They're thoughts. 
It's because that's how the enemy works. And if he can't get to you through other people, no, this isn't my message. If he can't get through to you through your other people out there in the world or an attack that way, pretty soon he'll feel, he'll think, oh, I've been watching him. This is where I can come at this individual. He's done it to me with other people. I've had attacks in my health. And it's mind. It's your mind. Are you hearing me? And if you and I, as believers, do not keep our minds renewed to the Scriptures... Now, just because, I'm trying to think how Dr. Hagen used to say that. Just because a bird's flying over your head doesn't mean you have to let him build a nest in your head. Isn't that just simple? That sounds like something come from you, Ron Albin. Just because they're flying around you doesn't mean you have to let them build a nest in your head. In your brain, the way you think. In other words, inject into your mind those lies, those accusations, those those intimidating threats. You're never going to do this. You're never going to have that. You're going to die. You know, your father died of cancer at 62. You're, you know, so-and-so died of cancer. You're going to have cancer. You're not going to make it. Is it just me? Is just me the way the devil comes and he sits on this shoulder and he sits on that shoulder and it's just a battle. And the Bible says we are to cast down vain imaginations. And everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and you and I are responsible to bring into captivity every thought. Say every thought. Every thought. Not just some thoughts on Monday and not on Tuesday, but every day of the week, the enemy will come. And, and the enemy can use those thoughts because he's, you know, he's watched you, you, he's observed you. Maybe some of you have grown up in an environment where you didn't have a parents or you had a single parent or you came up from a very dysfunctional home and so he'll really be able to say you'll never do this you'll do, never do that because you came from there you're nothing and they're lies and he is the father of all Who said that? Jesus Christ said of our enemy, Satan, he's a liar and the father of all lies. I wasn't going to do this. I'm, I'm on a whole different subject, but I'm telling you, you need to hear what I'm saying today. I'm preaching not only to the choir, I'm preaching to me. You could lie to you. You're never going to have a successful business. You're never going to have a good job. You're never going to have this. You're never going to have that. You're never going to be able to pay for that. Your kids are never going to live for the Lord. You're never going to fulfill your, 
the, your vision that God has placed in your heart. They're just going to throw you in a hole and hope maybe you'll die. It's your thoughts. So what are you thinking today? What are you thinking about? And maybe, maybe, and, and that would be wonderful, maybe you're not having trouble with that. Maybe it's just the preacher. Just me, folks. So just, I'm just preaching to me today. The rest of you are all perfect. Your thought life is wonderful. But what do you do? It's a constant battle every day to make sure you're thinking right. And there's some days I do pretty good, and then there's some days I don't. I was talking to Gunner about, I saw him the other day. I was in the Y parking lot, and I look over, and there's Gunner. Did you see where I parked? I had to step into three feet of water to get out. You know, I started going to the Y. I have to make sure I'm not there when Mike is there, Gunner, because, you know, he's embarrassed of me, and he just ran into Ryan Whitler, and he was already tweeting to Mike about how we were having trouble reading the instructions on how to lift the weights and machines. And I don't give a rat's rump what anybody thinks. You know, because I'll go there, and I'm in a pretty good groove, and I'm, I'm going. And I just ask Kathy, is, is it too late for me? It's not. Is it, Coach? I can still build muscle. And Okay. Would you be my personal trainer? I know you don't have time. But I go, and I'll, you know, I'll watch all these people. They're, they're wannabe weightlifters and... I don't know. I don't know. And the devil just says, sometimes he'll lie, lie to me and he'll say, There's, what are you doing here? What, what, what are you doing? You're 58 years old. Look at these people before you. And I do. And I think, oh, there's hope for me. That $60 90-day special brought them all in. But he'll say, you know, you're never going to be where you were. You're never going to run and not be weary. <laughs> And walking on. They're lies. You're never going to finish your ministry. They're lies. How's the devil lying to you today? And the question is, are you listening to those lies? Are you entertaining? Because once you entertain that thought, then it becomes a stronghold. What do you mean a stronghold? A stronghold. You allow something in, and you don't shut the door to it. It's coming in, and it's going to take over. And then the longer you entertain those thoughts, those fears, those concerns, those worries, everybody here is different. What I might be afraid of or be concerned about, you would laugh at. But then again, some of the things that you're dealing with that only you know about, maybe I'd laugh at. We're all different. The devil, we're all different personalities. We're, we're all different. We were all raised different, different environments. But we shouldn't laugh at one another. We should pray for one another, not put somebody down. It's real important this year that we renew our minds to the Word. 
It's vital that every day, yeah, you pray in the Spirit. You need to you pray in, in other tongues and build your inner man up on, on your most holy faith. But you need to get into the Word of God. God does promise a new, a fresh anointing. I'm not going to review now. And he does, he's promising this year at Harvest Church to expand our sphere of influence. What's that mean? He wants to do some things. He wants us to affect our community. But if you're not thinking right, you're not going to have an effect upon your community. If you can't take of your care of your own thought life, how are you going to help anybody else? Now, we have a responsibility. We have to have a new mindset. Look at Philippians chapter 3. I guess I better just stay on there and we'll go with that. You know what lies I have to deal with? Enemy will tell me there are people. There's people in church who really don't care about what I have to say on Sunday morning. They come and they put in their time card and they punch the clock and whatever. And they come in and they sit down. And they hear what after they have to say, but it doesn't register on their spirit. And the devil will say, "You're not making a difference in people's lives." They're showing up, but they're just showing up. And we can get up here every week and tell you what God is going to do with a wonderful outreach in February, and you can leave here saying, oh, that's nice, that's nice, and not hook up. And so he'll lie to me and say, you're not going to have enough people to help you on that outreach, so what are you going to do? Because just like in the Scriptures, everybody has an excuse. See, so the way the devil lies to me might be different than the way he lies to you. Maybe he'll, he'll say to you, your pastor's too hard. He's too tough. He needs to be more loving. Well, there's no doubt about that. That's true. We all need to be more loving. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12 It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who, wait a minute, am I at the wrong? I'm sorry. I'm in chapter 2. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected. But I press on, say I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, but one thing I do, that's what I'm talking about today. One thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. How many have got to forget some things? 
How many times the devil just sits and perches on your shoulder and reminds you of who you used to be, the mistakes you've made, and there's no way that you're going to fulfill your spiritual destiny? But he says, there's one thing I do, Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, did Paul have anything to forget? (laughs) What do you suppose he had to forget? Ripping and tearing people out of their homes and dragging them off to prison and standing there watching them stone the first martyr of the church while he guarded their cloak. I'd say he had something to forget. And he did. He says, I forget those things that are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Have this mind. What kind of mind? What kind of attitude? Forgetting those things. Moving on. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even to you. So I'll tell you what, if you're not getting it, God will reveal it to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. In order to experience new things this year at Harvest Church, we must forget our past. You're going to have to forget your mistakes. You're going to have to forget some things that you did wrong. You're going to have to forget. Yeah, you know, I am not perfect. Just ask my wife. I'm not perfect. I'm not the perfect pastor. I am not the perfect father. I am not the perfect husband. I don't think there's anybody here that is perfect. But, and I was thinking about that. I, I don't know, the older you get, you start thinking about things. It's good when you're young to think about things. You know, I haven't always done everything right here. I've not always maybe, you know, made the best decisions through the years. But I can tell you this, my heart always wanted to do the right thing, whether I did the wrong thing or not. And that applies to all of us here. We, we, don't do, we don't make the right decisions sometimes. We make mistakes. We're human beings. But if your heart says, God, I want to do my best. Father, help me. He looks at you and he says, I am helping you. Hold your head up. Move on. Forget those things that are behind. And what do you do? You get up. You get back in the saddle, and you move ahead. Amen? The Bible says we're to set our affections on things above. Everyone say things above. The other thing that you and I are going to have to do, and I'll close with this. God will do the thing with, you know, pour out the anointing and times of refreshing and 
He'll expand our sphere of influence, but we got to change the way we. And then this is this is a very very important thing. We have to have the right, or we have to have the, a, a new heart's attitude in what we're doing. What are you talking about? Isaiah 1 and verse 18 says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Everyone say willing. willing. Everyone say obedient. obedient. Do you realize you can be obedient but not willing? Yes. <laughs> you can be and I can be obedient. Would you take out the garbage, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, take it out. Why can't? You know, I was out there shoveling the other day thinking, Coach, why am I out here shoveling and my kids aren't? The wife and I are out shoveling. Well, I realize they're doing their thing. They're at the gym pumping themselves up. What? Gym rat. Okay, whatever. What's that? I did. In fact, one day I was scooping so much snow, I didn't go to the gym. I gave myself a day off because I was. (laughs) 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 But you, you can be obedient, but not willing. Submission is of the heart. See, we can say we're going to have a wonderful outreach, a great outreach, and rah, 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 bang the drum, and Tim Tebow can say, you know, Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and you can go. I'll work. I'll do whatever. I ain't filling out no form. I'll show up. Thank you for such, having such a willing heart. You just exude love and compassion. You know what? I'll say this, and this is the truth. There's a lot of cynical preachers out there today. And they don't realize how cynical they've become because they've been frustrated all their years because they've dealt with people that are obedient, but they're not willing. Lily, our new gal here, she was so nice to be here. She's thinking, oh, I'm here on a serious Sunday. Is it always this serious? Yeah, it is. We do have a great group of people. But I will tell you the way it is, Lily. And it's good to have you come back. She showed up Wednesday night for prayer. We're all praying in the spirit. I thought it, were, I thought it was the Henrys back here. It wasn't. They had the dark hair. I thought, well, Joan Rosita, it wasn't. We had a visitor on Wednesday night. Where were you helping us to pray? Thank God we had a visitor. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to be here on Wednesday night to pray this month. And I realize some of you have a job. Understand that. Work out of town. Understand that. But I'm telling you, if we don't make a spiritual foundation and pray through this thing, it will not be successful. So you need to be here and you need to help us pray. If you be willing and oh, I'll, I'll show up, I'll pray. Shonda, Honda, Shonda, Honda, Honda, Shonda, <laughs> Rhonda. 
your heart's got to be engaged. Your heart has to be engaged. Oh, I wanted to get to this so bad. It's so good, but I won't. You have to wait till next week. Don't want to overdo it. Don't want to overdo it. Oh, the devil's speaking to me now, but he's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. This is what's true. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? He will make it good. What he's begun in me, he's going to finish. What he's begun in all of you, he's going to finish. Let's stand our feet.